Yes. Yeah, so I've noticed that, like, my my hair, my like literally my hair all over my face, as far as being my eyebrows and and my head and my lashes are just have decided to be like peace. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like it here anymore. For some reason, you've mistreated us. <laughs> I guess they're like tired of all the product that I put on them and they're like you know what you draw us on anyways so like we're just so gonna leave permanently yeah I don't even tweeze my eyebrows anymore like hardly at all because I don't have eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> you'll like take them wherever they appear mm-hmm. pretty much yeah I don't know I think I think it's stress for me that's why my hair is falling out um, I would say a hundred percent. That is exactly what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my entire body has just given up for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like getting out of bed is a real victory. Like it's one o'clock in the afternoon right now. I have not showered yeah. today. I have not, I didn't wash my face for this. I didn't <laughs> brush my teeth. Like I'm just like crawling to anything that I have to do, doing it, you know, without crying and then being done. No. That's my day. Mm. It's my life right now. So, <laughs> not doing great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, or you're just a weirdo who's super <laughs> cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy. Because breast cancer is boring, but we and you mm-hmm. are interesting. I love it. Are we? Re- are you ready to start? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. I just take a sip of my carrot ginger juice, mm-hmm. which, based on no literature that I can find is going to substantially aid in my health. However, in my mind, I feel like it keeps me from getting sick. So. Okay. Placebo effect. Fully in effect. Totally. And I don't care. (laughs) Uh, And also, I'm not going to make anybody else drink carrot ginger juice as a way to protect their health. And also, I'm not going to go on this podcast and say that it is a legitimate way to protect your health. And that's the difference. Anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, Welcome to our steady decline into female hysteria. (laughs) Yes. Or at least that's what they're going to call it. When I'm institutionalized under the future Christo-fascist regime. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lock me away, guys. Uh, okay, yeah. We're not doing great. That's, we've fully no. established that. So in the presence of that not greatness, let's get into announcements. First announcement, as always, it's still a motherfucking pandemic out there, people. Uh-huh. Um, and here's the deal. Pro-lifers will continue to not wear a mask or get vexed because they do not give a fuck about people's lives. So please protect yourself, you know, like protect your mental health by connecting with friends in a safe way, whatever that means for you. Wear an N95 when you go into crowded indoor places. Uh, if that's for you, I mean, that's what I would recommend. Um, I think it's a good idea. And I say that with the weight of all research behind me so 
you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, Apple reviews, we got an edit to an earlier review that I would like to share. <laughs> Love it. Super fun review. Remember text only? Text underscore only. And we were like, what a weird yes. name. Yes. Okay. Well, they put in an edit as of June 22nd. And I Let's love the it. way you did it. Like, star, asterisk, asterisk. 622.22, edit. I was having issues with my phone when I posted this. Apparently, text <laughs> underscore only is what defaults when there's a glitch. But it's totally fitting because don't call me. Text me. <laughs> love you both. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay, the only thing better than people leaving comments with their review of our podcast is mm -hmm. when they do an edit on a previous mm -hmm. review comment. That's so good. I love it. It like speaks to the thorough, almost type A nature in me of yeah. like needing that explanation like the yeah. detail orientation yep. I love it I love mm -hmm. it thank you for doing thank that you. not mm -hmm. text underscore only but also don't call them I love um, it so awesome awesome people out there and yeah thank you to anyone who listens to the show and who leaves us comments it means a lot it's i whenever i see them i do a screen grab and i text it to lauren and we yeah, both yeah. like talk about it for like days <laughs> so i know it's, it's still very special it is very, very special, special. Mm -hmm. um okay on today's episode we plan to avoid a complete menti b which do you know what menti b means a mental breakdown Yes. Okay. So <laughs> this is me being an elder millennial. I kept seeing it. Okay, on but the I'm not. I'm Instagram. totally young. Oh, I know you're way I know young. I know MTV you're so young. And uh, we're all so young and we're holding on to that uh, currency because it's the only thing we're going to have in the future. Uh, so, but I didn't know the mm -hmm. first time I saw it on the cancer patient's uh, Instagram page, like on a meme or something, I'm like, Menti uh -huh. I had to Google it. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> like, wait, what? Um, and now I know what it means, so I'm going to use it. Anyway. Maybe because I have a teenager. Oh, is that why? Maybe that's why. Okay. Because I have a teenager. Okay. And he, like, picks up on the lingo. Yeah, and my niece is 16, and she's been around me a lot lately, so. Okay. Yeah. So sixteen-year-olds having minty bees? I don't think so. I don't. Okay. No. I don't know. But either. I mean, I'm sure that's part of their lingo. Yeah, and actually, probably very much mm -hmm. a part of their reality. I can't imagine being sixteen right now. Nope. Wild. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. we're going to avoid a complete and total all-encompassing Menti B while we discuss abortion access mm -hmm. in a country increasingly controlled by a religious organization I worked very hard to escape. <laughs> I, in particular, because you will always seem to be, Lauren, calm and rational about most things, mm -hmm. I am mm -hmm. going to also attempt uh, to be calm and rational I love uh, this side. Here we go. Well, we're going to try. Appreciating the perspective of both sides of the argument and ultimately failing miserably because fuck the other side. Women are going to die just because you don't understand how babies work and you can't, you know, 
put in the effort to find out. So, sorry. I'm already getting okay. off track. It's okay. It's okay. My God, I need more carrot ginger juice. Yeah. Excuse me. It's okay. I'm with you. <sighs> mm. Mm-hmm. It's fresh squeezed. Ooh. Lauren, they... They squeeze it out of the carrot. Carrot, <laughs> yeah. They wring the carrot and the juice uh-huh. falls out. I'm sure they do. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's a total thing. Um, I thought we would start by just defining a few key terms here. Sure. Okay. So let's talk mostly academically at this okay. point about what is abortion. When we say abortion, what do we mean by that? Um, and I'm not going to rely on my own memory of nursing school curriculum because that was fully okay. 11 years ago, actually 12 years ago that I took mm-hmm. that class and did that rotation. Ooh. So what I'm going to mm-hmm. rely on is what I mostly rely on, and that is I go to the medical board, the governing body for that specialty, when I'm looking to get facts about anything in particular. If I'm looking to get facts about COVID and the vaccines, I will go to an Mm -hmm. epidemiologist. I will go to the CDC. I will seek out these organizations because I am a medical health professional. And yeah, that's just what my profession is based on. So I will be paraphrasing and directly quoting from the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, who has- This is so good good has a website we will link it in the show notes so that you can go there and they have lots of resources and you know there are this is medicine this is what gynecologists and ob gins out there this Mm -hmm. is this is what determines the care that they give this is the standard this is their board that they are certified and licensed through so this is what we're going to use let's do it So let's talk about abortion. Abortion is a safe medical intervention. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of abortions are safely performed in an outpatient, non-hospital setting. The risk of maternal death associated with childbirth is approximately 14 times higher than the risk associated with abortion. So you are 14 times more likely to die from pregnancy and childbirth than from an abortion. So, yeah, those are pretty amazing numbers. Um, No kidding. Complication rates from abortions are extremely low. Only about 2% of women who undergo abortion experience a complication associated with the abortion. And most complications are minor, easily treatable with follow-up procedures and antibiotics. Abortion is safer than many common medical procedures, including wisdom teeth removal, colonoscopies, and plastic surgery. Safer. Wow. Safer. Half of the abortions in this country are a pill, some cramps, mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah. that's important to emphasize because what a radicalized subset of our population known as the evangelical Christian right want you to think and what I was raised to believe and visualize is that every abortion was performed on a promiscuous woman <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> who just did not give a shit 
and the a fully formed baby was suctioned okay. out of her vagina, which was not a oh. word I was familiar with. Was suctioned out of her somehow. Um, oh, okay. And then she left in a bucket to die. Oh my gosh! Really? That is, that is yes. I in high school, in my high school that I went to, Aurora Christian High School in Aurora, Ooh. Illinois, which I graduated uh, class of two thousand and one. So. If you care to find out any of the details, go for it. Because I don't remember the name of this uh, A&P teacher. But it was either chemistry or anatomy and physiology. Two classes I did very well in. Um, our teacher, this was a Christian school. She told us that abortions were performed on fully formed fetuses. And the reason they performed them is because they could sell the fetal parts and they made money off of it. Are That's you the, the, serious? I am without any evidence, without any like nothing. She just started proselytizing this narrative in the middle of class one day. It just how could that how could she even say that? Because so I guess the short answer is I don't know, but also no it it doesn't matter when you when your faith which is a stand in word for fantasy it's 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 a it's a bastardization <laughs> i'm just in, in I'm such s- a way that it's supposed to give it weight so when you just fucking okay. make things up okay when you have a fantasy when you have an imagined existence but you marry it to this idea of a higher power. It's called faith. Okay. And under the banner of faith, you can say anything you want. Wow. I'm, I cannot relate. (laughs) I can't. No. And I am, you know, when you, you didn't have one of your science teachers telling you that, um, (laughs) evolution was bogus and that all of the science supported, a uh, single d- divinity creating the world in seven days? You didn't have that in your <laughs> high school no. biology class? No, but if they did say that, I totally tuned it out. <laughs> no, no, but they didn't. No. How did you know to tune that I out? Just, because I listened, I leaned in, and I believed it. No. No. <laughs> no. I just... I'm... When you talk about things like this, it doesn't even seem real to me. Like, I am bewildered. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I'm so. It, it doesn't seem in a way real to me when I think no. yeah, about it. Like, I've completely dissociated, and all of this happening has just really brought back all these things I haven't thought about in a long time. And I've been. Like, that was wild, and why didn't I realize that was wild at the time? But that is what happens. That's not your fault. When you grow up inside an insulated environment that does not expose Mm -hmm. you to any other, not only other ideas and other faiths and other people and other lifestyles, but teaches you very methodically and purposefully to not question the things around you. Mm. That questioning is a sign that the devil has gotten in and to admit that you're questioning 
to even question if you are questioning <laughs> is sin. And you're going to hell and nobody wants to go to hell. It's hot down there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Man. Uh, and I'm laughing about it because nobody wants to listen to an hour of me crying, right? I do that on my own oh, time. Don't cry. No, I have cried every day Jocelyn. this week. I have cried. So the only times I'm not pretty no. much crying or on the verge of tears is when I go to work. Work this week has been so great because when you go into the hospital, like I have yeah. a suit of armor on me. I have got... Like my face is right. It's mm -hmm. it's expressionless. Like I am just I'm doing my job and I can lose myself in it because it's fast paced and it's really, really difficult. And mm -hmm. um, that's all I think about. Right. And so it's been lovely. As hard as it is and as much as people have intermittently been little shits to me mm -hmm. this week um, because people feel like they can just do that now. Uh, yeah, it's been a reprieve from the intrusive thoughts of my upbringing and something that I have escaped, something that I was able to get out of. And now that same thing, those same, that same ideology has an, an inordinate amount of power over me and all of us. Yeah. And okay. I see okay. where you're coming from, s sort of. But yeah. I, <laughs> I, but I'm, but I'm getting it now. I mean, because mm -hmm. some of the things that you said that you grew up with and the ideas that even you were trying to help push forward because it was your faith or your belief or, yeah. you know, you really, truly, uh, but clearly <laughs> that was, that's, that was not your fault. And that's something that I think that you need to also be able to accept because you can't, you know, change the people that raised you to believe and feel that way. Because, you know, I also look at it as, um, you know, it's just, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's not your fault. That's not, there's no way that they didn't give you your own <laughs> thoughts and ideas. They didn't allow that. And you wanted to be a good kid. I mean, what, what kid generally, generally doesn't, yeah. yeah, you know, like Ugh. my kids, they don't want to upset their mom. They want to be no. good kids. So they listen. And, you know, when I tell them, hey, you know, y you have to be mindful about this or, you know, um, be kind to animals and don't litter <laughs> the earth and things like that. Like, but that wasn't even okay. messages that I got growing up. And I, I still want to be a good kid. It's so weird. I think it's why in my jobs, Every job I've had, I've just wanted acceptance and approval by my bosses, you know? Yeah. I don't call in sick. I don't, I do the work. I don't cause problems. <laughs> I like, I want to be the best employee. And I think it's a stand in for my family and me trying so hard, despite the thoughts that I would have, 
despite the doubts yeah. and the questioning that I would have, I would just push it aside because there was no approval there. There was no acceptance there. No. And yeah, children who do that become adults who do that. And mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. And that's something I don't think people get. Mm -hmm. That it stays with you. And the guilt and the shame that I feel around the beliefs that I used to hold, and not just beliefs that I used to hold, but beliefs I used to very enthusiastically try to persuade other people to adopt and to adhere to right. well into my early 20s when I was an adult. It just, that's part of it for me. Part of it's what's happening. Yeah. And part of it is this phase that we're going to go through. And I do think it will end. And I'll, ex mm -hmm. I'll explain why as we go on. Part of it's right now. And my... The sadness I feel for women who are terrified and scared. Mm -hmm. And... For future generations. <laughs> for everybody. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The now, the next, like all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something that people who are pushing this idea that they're saving lives by making abortion illegal wherever they can. And make mo no mistake, the goal has always been to make it illegal everywhere like mm -hmm. there were a few tenants that we were taught growing up in the white evangelical church and that was we're gonna get rid of abortion we're gonna end abortion and we're gonna end being gay <laughs> what yeah we're just gonna end gayness <laughs> it's so stupid when i say it out loud now but like You, uh, what? That is the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's stupid and it's so dumb and they believe it. They I believe feel it. Bad. I feel bad and for in those people. Publicly, when they are talking to people who are not evangelical Christian, they will water that message down. They will dilute it. Mm -hmm. But like, make no mistake. Mm -hmm. The end goal here is no legal abortion anywhere the end of gay marriage the re the end of the recognition of queerness which is not even a term that they'll use they will use they'll just use whatever derogatory term comes to mind the the end of that as like a recognized lifestyle within the law and oh and no, there's more yes there's because there's three. There's three main tenants, and the third one, which is the one they talk about the least outright, but it is woven into the fabric of every other belief, and that is separation of the races. Uh, just a ranking system where white is on top and everyone else is. Well, not. that's just gonna reverse. Like, th there are fewer and fewer whites than in our country that's and what they're raging against oh it's God. gross and even saying it like that is gross and 
I am not a scholar on this. I am barely making it through educating myself. And I think if you're going to talk about race, like you shouldn't be sitting here listening to a fully like clear person talk about it. So educate yourself and find black and brown people and pay them good money and allow them to educate you, you know, with Mm -hmm. their, not just their lived experience, but their education and all the work that they have done. Um, I don't think any of that should go to white spaces like fuck that. Uh, But I can tell you right now (laughs) that it's white evangelical Christian for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you know what? Now that you say that, you're right. It kind of makes sense. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, some of those ideas, and maybe I'm naive, I just didn't think that there were that many people that still shared those ideas. So there aren't but I'm that many people. <laughs> but it is a it is such a unifying thing for these people. Mm-hmm. And it is mm-hmm. that they have very intentionally with intention they go after everything that supports the integration of other lifestyles and other races in society. That is not white evangelical Christian lifestyle and beliefs and superiority. Oh my gosh. And in the decision of Roe v. Wade and the striking down of that precedent, they specifically cite that that we should reconsider decisions that legalized gay marriage and there are certain politicians, white politicians, who are now asking for a Brown v. Board of Education revisitation, and that was the end of segregation in schools. So... Are I, you I, serious? Yes, and they're overtly... Do, they're doing it on Twitter. Anyone who, who cares to find... Look up John Cornyn's Twitter feed and see what he is putting out there. You've, you, you've got... Marjorie Taylor Greene, you've got Bo Burt, Bo Bart, I don't know her name. You've got all of them saying that the church needs to direct the government. And when they say the church, they mean a very specific church, and they mean white evangelical Christianity. Whoa. Listen to people who are raised in the white evangelical church. Listen to us because we know what the goals are. We know what we were brought up to believe and to focus on. And this is the manifestation of the last 50 years of planning and messaging and lobbying and and wealth accumulation. Like, oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. I'm like yeah. so freaked out, I have goosebumps. <laughs> it's fucking bad. It's gonna be bad and it's not gonna last. No, there's because, no way that, no, well, there's no. There's plenty of ways that it can, but it won't because we're going to be intentional about it. Um, let's just talk about what happens when the government, whether it's the state or the federal government, restricts abortion access. This uh, is also. Terrible things. Terrible things. This is also from the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Restricting access to abortion forces some pregnant people to continue their pregnancies to delivery, 
leaving them to face the many health risks associated with pregnancy and childbirth. This includes the emergence of new complications associated with pregnancy and worsening of existing conditions. When people think about abortion and striking down access, they think about a fully healthy, mm-hmm. non-disabled, white body right. carrying a baby to term. That's what they think about. They do right. not think about women with cancer who have to choose between chemo and having a baby. They do not think about mm-hmm. disabled people who get pregnant mm-hmm. and can't support a baby. They do not think about diseases and developmental abnormalities that happen that can only be identified later on in the pregnancy. They do not consider non-viable fetuses. Outside of the obvious rape and incest that do result in pregnancy, here's another thing I was taught growing up. I'm so scared right now. This is like a horror film. I've told film. you this before. I've told you this before. It is a horror film. It is. Uh, I'm terrified yeah. right now. Yeah. It's awful. I was I was taught that rape wasn't really a thing. That if a woman was oh. raped, it was because we talked about this. That, that yeah. there's something she did. It was something they were doing. It was something they were wearing. It was something they were asking for. And pregnancy was never the result of rape. Because it can't. Because oh. your body will shut it down. <laughs> Oh, again, um, not true. Like, I, I can't believe I have to say that that's not true. I can't believe that I have to say that there is no evidence, no science, no anecdotal data no. set Mm-mm. to suggest that pregnancy only occurs <laughs> in a consensual penis in vagina that's the stupidest event. thing I've ever heard in my life. It's it, not about. It's it is not about something that, that ideology. There's, there's science ideologically in there. there. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Hello. no. Look, these fuckers don't even understand how ovaries in a fallopian tube works. So how would they? Like, oh my they're gosh. not interested. Yeah. What about what about somebody that has um, uh, what's that called when you get pregnant and it's in your fallopian tubes? And it's an ectopic pregnancy. Thank you. Thank you. So eggs. So what happens there? <laughs> like you have an ectopic you can't have you can't have that removed because that's going to So that will happen pretty pretty early that on. Can kill you. In the pregnancy, it does kill you. It 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 does kill you. Your fallopian <sighs> tubes which just quick quick anatomy lesson here people. Um most it's people like a straw. not all. Yeah. You've got these two ovaries, okay? So you've got a uterus, that's the organ, and then two straws basically sticking up out of the top. Yeah. And at the end of those straws are just like little balls called your ovaries, okay? Eggs are made in the ovaries. They descend down the straws like little mm-hmm. bulbas in bulba tea, and they <laughs> drop into the uterus. It sounds so fun. Um, Sometimes the egg is fertilized within a fallopian tube and it doesn't drop into the uterus. Right. You can't grow a baby in a fallopian tube. It just, it doesn't stretch like that. It Mm -hmm. doesn't work. What happens is eventually this mass of cells gets big enough to, which is not very big at all, to burst the fallopian tube and you bleed. 
yeah. and you bleed and you bleed and you bleed and you bleed until you die. The treatment for an ectopic pres- pregnancy is an abortion. Yeah. Yeah, you need one so you can You have live. to have one so that you can live. And in many what states What the hell are they going to do? Well, the hell that they're going to do is the hell what they're doing now. So I went to nursing school in Overland Park, Kansas. I did my nursing clinicals at KU Med, which is Kansas City, Missouri. That's one of the level trauma centers in Kansas City, Missouri. Another level one trauma center is Truman Med. Um, And I think North Kansas City might have also been a trauma rated center. I don't remember. But I did clinicals at North Kansas City and KU Med. In addition to Shawnee Mission Medical Center, which was not a trauma center, and that's where I did my OB gyne um, rotation. Anyway, (laughs) I still have contacts in those states, also in Texas, where I spent 10 years of my nursing career. Now I am not there. I have heard from nurses in Missouri at one of the trauma centers there that they are having pregnant women come into the ER with ectopic pregnancies. I've heard of one case so far. There have Mm -hmm. been more. And because their legal department has advised them not to do any interventions on these patients until their life is threatened, a woman waited nine hours for her hemoglobin to drop low enough where they could give her the medications that she needed for the abortion, and then she had to get blood in addition. All things, besides the pain, it's very, very painful, an ectopic pregnancy. All of that happened when some of that didn't have to happen. But they wait until the blood pressure drops, the hemoglobin drops, and then they have to give blood and do everything emergently. The same happens with a septic uterus. Sometimes an infection gets in there and you have to terminate, you have to evacuate the uterus. The source of infection, in addition to antibiotics, is what, how you treat any septic anything. A septic foot, a septic, yeah. you know, anywhere. A s- right. Emptying of uterus is abortion. So women are going to come in septic and in these states where it's illegal oh because gosh, hospitals are afraid of, of, of being sued because we are a for-profit healthcare system. Even, even a not-for-profit is for profit. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they don't want to get sued, they will go right up unto the life of the woman or the pregnant person is threatened before they will do an intervention. It's happening now. This is the worst ever. It's happening now. And I am surrounded by states that have these trigger laws that will outlaw abortion uh, as early as six weeks. And I am in the only level one trauma center in my state, in my entire state. (laughs) And I work in the emergency department. I was in the trauma bay yesterday. We are going to get these women. And let me tell you, The people passing these laws, the people advocating for the passage of these laws will never have to do that. They will never have to look at someone who's suffering and who could die and be told, you have to wait until we clear this with legal. That's insane. It's inhumane. That's insane. Abortion is health care. Abortion is health care for the people in the back. 
<laughs> Let's continue. Oh my gosh. Cause oh, it's worse. I it's worse. I cannot tell you how many times I have goosebumps. Like it is just, uh, it's like, uh, it's not cold in here, by the way. <laughs> no, it's, oh my God. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Barriers to abortion exacerbate existing societal disparities, barriers limiting abortion access most profoundly affect communities that already face health care and social inequities. And can you guess which ones? Mm. I will give you an example. Black women face a maternal mortality rate that is three to four times higher than those of their white counterparts. This has been the case for a very long time. And mm. this is not a political issue because neither the no. left or the right have done, f they've done fuck all about it. We yeah. could care less. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that, that it's not just for ma maternal health it's just health health care in general, in general. Yeah. yes yeah it's mm -hmm. access uh, to to health care <laughs> as two people who have been diagnosed with cancer who mm -hmm. had air quotes good insurance we can yeah. both tell you yeah it's a shitty system mm -hmm. health care in this country as evidenced by hospitals in these states with the trigger laws yeah they are not, their main objective is not to save your life. I'm sorry. Right. The nurses we, and the doctors working there, that's mm -hmm. certainly, in my experience, that's our main objective. We do care very yep. much because we're looking at you. They're looking at you. That's, they want you to save them. Mm -hmm. Even the ones who are dying of COVID who don't believe in COVID, they're still <laughs> asking you, please don't let me die. Okay. Everybody says it. I've never had a patient who was like, I'm okay dying because I don't. You know, like no one says that. <laughs> no one fucking says no that. No one says that. No, no. We still see, you know, women that come to our facility full term with no um, prenatal care. Yes, and that's yes, that's not fair. They should have the ability, if they want to, to get prenatal care. Exactly. It's not just access to mm -hmm. safe and legal abortion. It's access to safe mm -hmm. and legal and free health care for everyone. Mm -hmm. We don't yeah. our our maternal mortality rate is higher than any other nation that has as much money and technology and infrastructure as we have. Pregnant women are dying in this country, as previously stated, especially pregnant black women, are dying in this country for no other good goddamn reason but that we haven't taken the steps necessary to prevent that from happening. It's completely within our power, completely within our control, and we just don't care enough. We would rather have money. And I don't mean you or me. I mean heads of boards at hospitals, presidents yeah. of hospitals, national healthcare organization heads. I'm talking about the people at the very top. Right. I'm talking about most politicians. Yeah. The all pretty much all Republicans and then like a good majority of Democrats. And the fact that we only had have two fucking parties to choose from in this country is also fucked. But like no one cares because the people making ultimate decisions 
don't have to look at people who are dying. Right. They don't have to even look at it. And yeah, it's just numbers. It's just numbers. Mm-hmm. It's a numbers game. Oh, yeah. And you and I have both been in those meetings mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about numbers, mm-hmm. taking human lives and healthcare outcomes and mortality rates and sepsis rates and all of that and just crunching them into yeah. a spreadsheet. Yeah. I think that, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And, but I don't want to take away the fact that there are so many on the person level, like at hospitals and facilities that do really care about their patients. You know, those, you're not going to choose a profession as a nurse to not care for people. No. Or, you know, that doesn't make sense. The ones that do don't tend to last, you know. And here's the thing. I don't have to care about you as a person to give you exceptional care. Because here's the deal. And here's where I put my foot down. Because not all nurses are pro-abortion. Not all nurses Mm -hmm. agree that abortion is health care. Okay. And that particular set of beliefs and personal morals have no place in the healthcare system. I have taken care of murderers, convicted murderers. Um, I have taken care of Nazis. Like, it's always fun (laughs) while bathing your ICU patient who's intubated and then turning them and finding the biggest swastika tattoo (laughs) on their back or on their neck or weirdly on the back of their thigh, which was strange, but whatever. Um, That's always fun. But you know what I'm still going to do? I'm still going to clean their ass and I'm still going to brush their teeth. Not with the same thing, not in that order, but you know, clinically, I'm still going to hang their antibiotics on time. I'm still, because it doesn't have to do with who they are as a person. It has to do with who I am as a clinician. Right. I know what my job is and I've worked Mm -hmm. very hard and continue to work very hard to be very good at it. Mm -hmm. And healthcare is healthcare and everyone deserves healthcare, even if they're garbage. Mm Mm-hmm. So whatever your definition of a garbage person is, you leave that at the door. Right. So I I just, I don't agree that morals come into healthcare at any point Mm -mm. from any source. Like, fuck off with that. Yeah, it's a total valid point. We don't pick and choose who we care for. Absolutely not. Yeah, we care for everybody. Like, am I going to get a beer with that person after they recover? No. No, I'm not. No, thank you. You, you, you're living in a space that I don't want anything to do with. <laughs> but I'm gonna do my job, right? So that's what I need more than people who have some savior complex surrounding the way that they give care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mm-hmm. lot. It's a lot mm-hmm. uh, to unpack and yeah. It's very interesting existing in the direct center of a Venn diagram that includes working in healthcare, being raised white evangelical Christian, and being someone who was diagnosed with breast cancer, hormone mm-hmm. positive, which mm-hmm. I have to be on hormone suppressant therapy for. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Because part of me 
and don't for a second think that this is not also part of the plan. But part of me feels like the next step in this forced birth movement is to take a critical look <laughs> at how we prevent the recurrence of disease in hormone-positive breast cancers and restrict the access to hormone suppressants in women who would otherwise be fertile. Oh, no. Because who's to say that my potential as a mother, <laughs> as a breeder, should supersede the increase in risk of recurrence should mm -hmm. I be taken off these medications? If you don't think that's part of it, then you were not raised the way I was raised and you don't know. <laughs> you just don't, you just don't understand the thinking. Yeah. You have yeah. to divest yourself from the idea that the majority of the people pushing this care about anything mm -hmm. but their own agenda their own the thing they want the most why which is why control yeah okay it's control but i don't how dare you tell me as a woman who's had cancer and if she got pregnant today would have an abortion at the earliest opportunity as soon as i knew because i cannot physically with the, my body being the way that it is, carry that pregnancy to term, I also choose not to increase my chances of getting cancer again. Yeah. Which no one but me will pay for, by the way. Right. I, I choose not to risk that. And that's my choice. Yeah. And I support that because it's a healthcare choice and it's a choice that should be between me and whatever provider I choose to see under the umbrella of who my insurance will cover, which is a whole other <laughs> thing. But <laughs> I cannot believe that people are celebrating the restriction of access to healthcare in this country in such an emboldened way. And yet I can believe it because, again, this is how I was raised. I know yeah. how they're I know exactly how they're thinking. And I can slip right back into that mindset pretty easily to see how much this is being celebrated. This is crazy. Tomorrow, millions of people in this country will go to their church on a Sunday morning and will celebrate openly and overtly the overturn of Roe v. Wade. They will celebrate the restriction of health care. They will celebrate the fact that women, 60% of whom are already mothers, will die as a, as a direct result of a delay in care mm -hmm. or a rejection of care or yeah. having to travel hours and hours to get the care they need. It's not just that. People who have these this healthcare intervention will be prosecuted. That's They're crazy. not just trying to prevent you from How? having it. They are trying to put you in prison. They're making, it's a criminal offense. In the state you live in. Yeah. What about, um, what about IVF? Is that a thing? That 
so here's the deal. <laughs> if your friend in the church is having it done, uh-huh. you support them. However, globally, no. Why? It's ungodly. If God wanted you to have a kid, he'd give you a kid. If you don't have a kid, you need to adopt somebody else's kid. So I just found, um, you know, I think you and I um, both follow the cancer patient on yes. Instagram. For and sure. um, it's funny because they posted some really interesting things um, about this particular scenario. So, really? yeah. Um, so one, and I really wanted to read a few of these, but one Do it. says, so when the Supreme Court is going to tell me what to do with the 15 week old fetus that's inside a woman when we just diagnosed with acute leukemia because she won't live 10 weeks without chemo. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. so valid. Yeah. Um, I'm an oncologist and I've had patients that need to get an abortion to allow safe treatment of their cancer. Abortion absolutely is part of healthcare. Good yeah. for her. Good for her. Why won't Susan G. Komen say something about how this court case will result in the deaths of breast cancer patients? I'm why are they why? useless? They're useless. I We have been telling you mm-hmm. for a long time Oof. that Susan G. Komen is trash. We tell it to you every October. So listen. You know who else is trash? I want to start a trash list. Tell me. I'm, I, you know who else is going in the trash can? Trash the, can. Um, the um um what's it called the american cancer society <gasps> they very they very poignantly pointedly poignant, pointedly made a statement mm-hmm. neither supporting or not supporting what they're like well, we're not going to get into it do you know why do you know why susan g komen and the american cancer society and live strong corporation oh, there's one on are, there too are not weighing in because a big old chunk of their money comes from white evangelical Christians. Because, as we've discussed in our previous episode, there is a huge subset of the cancer, specifically breast cancer population and propaganda, that is white evangelical Christian. That is why God is so prominent. The, the white God, by the way, the white Jesus. Oh, which does not exist, Mm-mm. is so prominent in the messaging Wow, around breast cancer. It's the money. Because, again, these organizations are not out there trying to save your life. They are out there trying to make money. Oh, here's And one. if some women and people who are pregnant need to die for that to happen, they mm-hmm. are more than comfortable with that. Says, uh... The American Cancer Society calls themselves as the leading cancer advocacy organization, but can't even take a side after pointing out the harm that the overturning of Roe versus Wade can cause on cancer patients. You're right. It won't take a Mm -mm. side. Mm -mm. Garbage. Garbage. And here's here's what I want to say. And they even post what the American Cancer Society said on their, yeah, on their Instagram. Yeah, I read Good it. Good for you, the cancer patient. 
Good for you. Good for you. Applause, applause. Thank you so because much here's for the outing them. Yes. And we'll get into this at the end. There is a pep talk coming. There is some positive energy coming your way. But we are not done with the horrors that this is going to do. Yeah. What did I call me? No kidding. Horrors uh, that this is going to do. <laughs> the Christian right and people who are proponents of the quote-unquote pro-life movement like to say that abortion causes mental illness. This is also something I was fed as a child, that women who have abortions, because only women have abortions, that's also what I was taught as a child, um, that people who have abortions have horrible guilt and shame around it, and they suffer mentally for the rest of their lives in a way that they wouldn't have if they had just birthed the child and given it up for adoption. And that is just not supported by any of the literature. Evidence suggests that people are more likely to experience psychological issues, including depression and anxiety, when denied an abortion. One recent study, which again, we will link in the show notes because you deserve to see the receipts if I ever reference anything, also shows that nearly all people who have had an abortion report that it was the right decision for them five years later. Wow. The vast majority, nearly all people who have abortions mm -hmm. do so because they know it's the right decision for them at the time. Yeah. And they know it's the right decision for them looking back on it five years later. Right. So this idea that we're destroying women's mental health <laughs> by allowing them to make decisions about their own goddamn body is rooted in patriarchy. It is rooted in this idea that white evangelicals have that men are the head of the of of the of the family unit and will make all these decisions because again oh my gosh they don't make space for queerness they it's, don't make space for single mothers they don't make space for pregnant people who are not women they deny like, the existence of this yeah i mean it it's almost like telling a breast cancer patient the kind of um, reconstruction or flat closure or whatever closure she wants to yes. have. Like, it's like saying you can't choose. We're going to choose for you. You have to you, have what we say. <laughs> yes. You don't know that you don't want boobs. You don't know that you want to be flat. You don't know the size of the boobs that you want. So we're just going to give you whatever we give you. That's so dumb. So many stories like that. And it's all rooted and, in the same goddamn thing. And you know what? Five years later, y yes, you may change your mind, but you should have the right to have made that decision. The right for women to we, make mistakes. Yeah. We all have to live with our decisions and regardless of what that is, you know. And the vast majority of women do not regret their decisions. Yeah. That's I, the point. I mean, I'll get a tattoo that says no regrets. <laughs> Cross your chest. <laughs> uh -huh. No, it's got to be spelled wrong. You know, can you put it huge on your back so that someday the nurse who's turning mm. you because you're intubated because they denied oh, you access her to healthcare in a prison oh. state, and then it'll say no regrets, and they'll be like, "Oh, look at this girl! Look at this. It's so funny. It's so it's cool! So <laughs> She's so great!" Uh, last thing I want to make sure that we tackle here yes. is the question of when does life begin, and the well, way that I'm going to answer that is that this is a philosophical or religious question. Oh, because I was going to say, is, why does it matter? It doesn't. <laughs> this is not a medical question. 
Mm. This is a philosophical uh, or religious um, exercise. And it would be interesting to have that conversation with different people representing different viewpoints if mm -hmm. it weren't also tied to my rights as a person and my right to privacy mm -hmm. in healthcare, which I thought was protected. So I just, these medical organizations, I feel bad for most of them. <laughs> um, they have had to do a lot of messaging that I think they never thought they would need to do. Mm -hmm. And the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology has this statement on their website, and I'm just going to read it direct. The best health care is provided free of governmental interference in the patient-clinician relationship. Personal decision-making by patients and their health care professionals should not be replaced by political ideology. And that is... That's just that. That's golden. And that's for all of it. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a pregnant person seeking an abortion or whether you're a trans kid seeking gender-affirming care, mm -hmm. I just... And if you don't think those things are linked or related, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. If you don't think your survival rate as a person diagnosed with cancer or breast cancer is not linked to access for trans people in this country yeah. or people seeking abortions in this country, you are wrong. Right. We cannot just separate groups of people and decide who gets to have health care and who does not get to have health care based on an arbitrary set of beliefs and religious morals. Right. So if you're someone who supports abortion and you don't support trans people or trans kids or ending homelessness or ending food disparities and food deserts in this country, then I'm just asking you, what do you really believe in? Uh-huh. What are you really trying to do? If you're not also trying to end the racial disparities in our healthcare system, it has we have to be all in for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody. It's this picking and choosing that divides us. Yeah, definitely. I have a whole page. <laughs> of notes <laughs> that I wrote at like six o'clock in the morning when I got up and couldn't fall back asleep despite my best efforts despite how tired I was mm -hmm. that I think is just a rehashing of things we've already talked about so I want to just get to the pep talk and the pep talk is this let's do it it feels I feel so powerless I want to fix this and I objectively cannot so I want to help myself by focusing on what I can do and then potentially help others who are listening who are also incensed and enraged and don't know where to put all of that energy I love it when you Let's point go. it inward it just it no it you're not going to show anywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, yeah it can't go anywhere uh -uh. so yeah 
So here's the deal. Let's do it. Say something. Yep. If you support access to healthcare in this country and if you believe that abortion is healthcare, whatever platform you have, mm-hmm. use it to say something. We put a statement out on our Instagram account. We have tens of tens of tens of beautiful followers. <laughs> but it's what we have. Mm-hmm. It's what we have. We have listeners to this podcast, so we are devoting an entire episode to it because it's what we have. Yeah. I don't have a national platform. Not yet. I, I am not going to go viral. Not yet. I I am not elected to office. I don't have any political influence beyond my ability to call my senators and my congressperson and my state representative and my local um, <laughs> county health, uh, what am I saying, health department. Like, mm-hmm. you have what you have. Yeah. You have a Facebook page. You have a knitting group that you get together with once a week. You have, you have those spaces. So use those spaces to make your point of view heard. Yeah. It's also not your responsibility to mitigate the message. You deliver that message in any way that you want. Yeah. I know that for a lot of us, like that can have implications for our career. Maybe you work in a space that's not accepting of this message. So like, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. But if people are offended or angered by the idea that you don't think a very small subset of our population should be able to control the healthcare decisions of the entire population, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm not including those people in my life right now. Mm-hmm. And I haven't for a very long time. So I don't know any of those people. I know a lot of those people. <laughs> Most of them you are related do? to me. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and um forgot about that. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So just don't. You use whatever you have. The other thing mm-hmm. is politicians right now are using this as an opportunity to fundraise and to make it seem like oh, this has happened because not enough of us voted, Not that, that we really have to vote. And we all know that due to Trump-era laws that were put in place, gerrymandering of the voting system, and and barriers to voting, and the fact that like there's very little excitement around candidates who don't seem highly motivated to protect us right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, vote, great. But you know what? We're already going to do that. All right? We're obviously already going to do that. But that is a bullshit message to make you feel guilty mm-hmm. for doing what you were told to do and the fact that over the last 20 years, the Democratic Party that has been in power did nothing to ratify and solidify our access. So don't forget about that and don't Mm -hmm. feel guilty about anything. However, national elections are one thing, Mm -hmm. but think about your local elections. Your district attorney in your district, the district attorney will decide who to prosecute and what to prosecute. Right. So call your district attorney's office and pay attention to those elections. That's an elected office in yeah. most, I think, in all, most, if not all counties. Who is running for sheriff? Who is running for your state senate? 
focus on that. Right. Because there are movements that are going to put up candidates in these small elections that are going to have a big influence on how you're able to operate in your county and in your state and in your district. The other thing is call those people. You can call Biden. It's not going to do anything. You can call your your senator, your congressperson in D.C. It's not going to do much. If you call your local health department, though, if you call the CEO of your local hospital mm -hmm. and make sure that they know, the president of your local hospital, and make sure that they know that you want reproductive care, that you want access to abortion in your community, just think yeah. about your community. Bring it in a little bit smaller. That can be, I think, very helpful. Is it going to do anything? I don't know, but you're not responsible for the outcome. You are only responsible for your own actions. Yeah. Because here's the deal. White evangelical Christianity is on the decline. The number of people who identify as evangelical Christian over the last 10 years has declined rapidly. The median age of evangelical Christian is now somewhere over 40. <laughs> and that has only grown over the last 20 years. These fuckers are getting old, and they're dwindling in numbers. Mm -hmm. This is their last hurrah. I hope so. If you've ever been around a dying patient, you know that they'll look really, really poorly for a number of days. And then one day, they'll perk up. They'll be awake. They'll be talking in a way that makes sense. They might even eat a meal. And you think, oh, my God. They're going to get better. They're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And the next day they die. They die, yeah. This is that. White evangelical Christianity is having its last meal. It's sitting up. It's, it's making demands. It's, it's, it's like exerting energy like it hasn't exerted in the previous days, years. <laughs> I love this analogy. And they are going to die off. It's their last hurrah. They have rallied their last supply of troops. This is it. And we're not just going to take it because we know it's going to end. Because mm -hmm. it's not going to end without us doing something. And what we can do is speak up. Mm -hmm. Talk to the people in your life. Yeah. Call the local people in your local government. At the state level. At the community level. Hell, run for office. Run for your PTA board. Yeah. Make sure schools aren't teaching this in their health class. Make sure you don't yeah. have a chemistry teacher who's <laughs> going to talk about the the uh, this rando idea that <laughs> fetuses are being sold on the black market to make oh money. Make sure you don't have an English teacher who's exclusively referencing Bible stories and making children who are not raised feel left out. Make sure you are not allowing people to completely disregard an entire population, an entire culture, mm -hmm. just because they don't want it to exist. Yeah, They're living in a fantasy that they call faith. And That's it's not gonna so last. scary. Yeah. It's so scary. Yeah. You know what's scarier, though? Me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I know them. Yeah. And I see it for what it is because I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. 
and they're not counting on people like me. Yeah. I hope there's more like you. There are. And we're all coming out of the woodwork and we're all speaking up and we're all dealing with a trauma and we're all revisiting the trauma of our childhood and early adulthood and it fucking sucks. Yeah. And we'll get through it and we're not going to let the rest of the country and all these people who are being oppressed and marginalized and put to death, Mm-mm. we're not going to allow that to continue. And we're not going to allow the guilt of us having been a participant in that stop us either. Right. Ooh. It's really bleak and it's really messed up. No kidding. And we have to speak up and do something. Absolutely. And also take care of ourselves and shower. And (laughs) jump on your Peloton. That's what you're going to do. I'm trying to make this the longest episode in human history so I don't have to go work out. You are going to go work out. (laughs) And I'm going to go paint a room. Mm. (sighs) Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Especially those who are still listening. Yep. You're amazing people, okay? And you have such capacity for love and acceptance. And it's its own reward. Because Mm -hmm. you know what? People who are not trying to limit your access to health care, people out there who are not trying to limit your idea of what gender is or what any... People who are just not trying to limit you as a person. Yeah. Those are our people. Yeah. Those are the people who have joy in their life, who are amazing, and we need to protect those people at all costs. At all costs. At all costs. (sighs) Follow us on Instagram, okay? (laughs) There's some gems on there you don't even know about if you're not there, okay? Yeah, you totally gotta go there. It's sporadic. We're not gonna clog up your feed. It's not like a post every day. You get like two a week, okay? Because it's gold and you can't rush artistry. All right? But, uh... Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. So follow us. Thank you for listening. Thank Go take you. a shower. Bye.